Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You should be saving for the future, but savings accounts suck, and investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it Save Vesting, and it's only available in our new app, Stairs. Stairs offers 4 to 6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit StairsApp.com today. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, episode number 318. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Step Forth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media. Hey, bud. Hey, buddy. How's it going, man? It's been a good day. Busy, That's, awful. That's awesome. Good. Wednesdays usually tend to be busy for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. This is a nice break in the, the chaos. Yes. Our own measured chaos, anyway. Exactly. There's a lot of stuff to talk about today, too, even though we just kind of threw this together, um, trying to find things in the news. There was a ton again this week. Well, yeah. I mean, I did. it wasn't as easy as last week. That was crazy. A lot of the oh, stuff yeah. we did last week is still trending. So, <laughs> Yeah, good, good point. <laughs> it was very busy last week. But uh, I, we actually, um, it's kind of a big deal for us. We finally sent out our newsletter again. Stepforth used to have like a newsletter we do. Like it was epic. We'd put it together. I think it was twice a month. It seems like it was once a week, but I think it was twice a month. And we'd all write every one of the staff members, uh, which we had quite a few at the time. Yeah. Um, and uh, I would go crazy custom designing it, making it look beautiful. Oh my God, it was so <laughs> much work. And we did that for years, and then we stopped just because we were busy and it was taking a lot of time. But we uh, were using tidings. Have you heard of that? Yeah, you, you mentioned you mentioned it last week. Yeah, by David Mim. Anyway, it's very cool. I'm pretty impressed with it. Just takes Facebook posts, and then you can add your own as well to sort of uh, curate into a newsletter. Uh, are, are you sure the distribution's working properly? Because I don't remember receiving a copy. I did not get one. Uh, maybe that you. Uh, you're yeah, on the list. It's the old yeah. list, though. But. <laughs> I've never been one of your clients, so probably not. Yeah. Well, it's not just clients. It's people who were getting the original newsletter. Were you? No, probably not. No. <laughs> there you go. 
yeah. So anyway, it's um, uh, we'll see how it goes. And the heck, it's kind of fun. It's nice to have something out there. And it's, oh, my God, it's so much easier. If anyone's out there who, who wants to get a newsletter together, I highly recommend it. Tidings. I think it's app.tidings.com. I'm not sure. But if you look Tidings and then newsletter, um, you should be able to find it pretty simply. And, and uh, yeah, so far, so good. I'm pretty, pretty impressed with it. Uh, anyway. Thanks. Yeah. Um, last week, we discussed a new tool set that Google's offering to help you determine how fast your mobile site's going, how much money you might be losing if it's not um, very fast in load time. Well, I guess I missed this, but at the same time, uh, think with Google.com uh, put out some information on this, and it's, it, it discusses the, the different um, industry benchmarks for time do- downloads. Uh, okay. So here's a few quotes uh, that were interesting. Our data shows that while more than half of overall web traffic comes from mobile, three mobile conversion rates are lower than desktop. Mobile conversion rates are lower than desktop, and in short, speed equals revenue. Um, yeah, okay. The average time it takes to fully load a mobile landing page has dropped by seven seconds in the last year. That's interesting. I wonder if Google's taking credit for that. Did they say what the average average load time is for mobile? Uh, average load, it's in there somewhere. I didn't write All it right. down here. But uh, it's got so many stats. I could have we could have done a whole show just walking through the stats. <laughs> does it take Does it take into consideration things like AMP and all that, or are they just talking about strictly straight mobile web pages? I think they're just talking mobile, strictly mobile. Nothing as advanced as AMP. Um, again, it was huge. I mean, it, it it was probably the equivalent of like three or four different infographics in terms of the amount of quoted data they put in there. It's very impressive. Okay. Um, you can find it at thinkwithgoogle.com. And one thing I just thought sounded so damn cool, but I'll read it off here. We also trained a deep neural network, a computer system modeled on the human brain and nervous system with a large set of bounce and conversions data. A neural net, which had a 90% prediction accuracy, I'd like to know how that works, but anyway, found that as page load time goes from one second to 10 seconds, the probability of a mobile site visitor bouncing increases 123%. Similarly, as the number of elements, text, titles, images, on a page goes from 400 to 6,000, well, geez, the probability of conversion drops 95. 95%. Uh, like, wow. And if it, okay. So between one and three seconds, a bounce is, is 32% likely one to five seconds, a bounce is 90% likely. And it just gets worse from there. So just for listeners uh, sake, a bounce is when someone goes to the page and then leaves. It could, they could stay there. Well, technically they could stay there for an hour, but they leave that page. Right. That's technically a bounce. Um, they don't go to any other pages on your site. And one of the key takeaways is that simply compressing images and text can be a game changer. 25% of pages could save more than 250 kilobytes, and 10% can save more than one megabyte that way. Our analysis shows that the retail, travel, and healthcare sectors have the most room for improvement. So I want to go back to one thing you said in there. One of the quotes was, similarly, as a number of elements, text, title, images on a page goes from 400 to 6,000, the probability of a conversion drops 95%. So what they're saying is the more stuff you have on the page, the less likely it is to convert. 
However, we know from other studies that the more content you have on the page, the better likely you are to rank. So it seems kind of like it seems um, they're opposing these these facts are opposing each other. I'm not sure how to take that. Yeah, the text and titles bit doesn't make much sense to me. Images definitely does. Yeah. Um, maybe uh, just elements that need to be loaded overall. If there's 6,000, well, that would definitely make sense. Well, how many pages have 400 elements? I mean, I'm thinking elements. Is that a word? Is that a character? Is that a paragraph? When it comes to text, what is an element? Yeah, you'd wonder. It, it certainly can't just be characters. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, 400. A, well, I don't know. There's plenty. I've seen pages rank with 400 characters. <laughs> <laughs> it must be Google. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> no, it was actually tied to an answer box. I was doing some research on answer box stuff and somebody had broken up their FAQs into individual pages. And one of the questions had like literally a sentence. If there was 60 to 80 characters, I'd be surprised. And it was ranking as an answer box answer. It was interesting. Hmm. Weird. Uh, anyway, um, there's a lot of, well, at least, at least that's not as common as it used to be. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> messed up. But I, under, I understand the point that the the less clutter on a page, the more likely you're going to convert. If someone gets to it and it's what they need, the conversions are going to be better. If they don't have to dig through a bunch of stuff to figure out how to convert, that makes sense from that perspective. Mm -hmm. So here, uh, here are some raw uh, overall stats. So speed, uh, the average speed index, uh, the best is under three seconds. It's a best practice. The average time to first byte, so that's the first byte that comes from the server to the user, is under 1.3 seconds, ideally. Uh, average request count, fewer than 50. The number of individual pieces of content needed to display the entire mobile page. Lower is better. Fewer than 50. So, so let's talk about that for a second. Because requests, when you normally talk about requests from a, let's let's explain this a little bit. So, a request count. This is when you type a you type a page into your browser and you hit enter. That browser sends a request to the web server for information. Well, there's lots of different requests that have to go out. There's a, there's a separate request for the JavaScript files. There's separate requests for um, CSS files, separate requests for images. There's all these different things that it needs to collect to create that page. Most of them have their own individual requests. So that's what we're talking about, the request count. And, and um, but here it's saying things like, um, content needed to display the page but that also includes scripts and if you have mm -hmm. advertise if you have advertisement on your page and you have to go out to another server to get an advertisement that's still a request as well so there's lots of things that could be considered requests loading google analytics request yeah. yep <laughs> exactly yeah and google actually contributes a significant amount to these i've noticed so you keep that stuff as low as possible yeah um now wait uh, the total size of a mobile web page measured in bytes, lower is better, less than 500 kilobytes. Uh, that seems achievable, but I can see with, you know, with images, that's, that's, <laughs> you certainly don't want anything very large. That's going to start taking some space. Exactly. Anyway, it was interesting. I, I love pieces like this. There's a ton of data on this that I'm going to, well, ideally, get around to mining and putting into some posts on Facebook because I think they're pretty fascinating. And it's a good reminder to people that this is important. <laughs> a lot of them don't seem to remember or aren't putting much weight on it. Um, and I'll give Google credit. You know, as much as it's annoying to us when they sort of 
put their thumb on things and say, this has to be done or you're going to start seeing ranking issues. Well, it's both the only way you get some clients to respond. That's very uh, true. Sometimes so, they'll, they'll get, they'll get information from other people and that information is just incorrect and trying to convince them that the other person isn't giving them the proper information sometimes hard without some, some backup from people like Google or Bing or these big brands that they recognize. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the word from Google they know is even the most basic user knows is important. So that's as much as they often gripe about it. Not yep. that we, we, we never do, of course. <laughs> no, we don't gripe about anything, do we? Uh, no, no, never. No, no. <laughs> so uh, the next bit here is uh, our our friend Stefan Spencer. It's great to hear from him again. He's posting uh, on Search Engine Land now. Now this is just part one of three, but he's he's doing a series on what he calls bot herding and spider wrangling. <laughs> now, okay. what was missing from this was a really good picture. They needed something with like I don't know. He's got a picture of robots, but come on, we need yeah. to have some animation or. <laughs> I don't know. It'd be pretty funny. Um, I, don't, I don't know if Search Engine Land has that kind of budget anymore. <laughs> no, probably true. <laughs> um, okay. Well, there's a lot uh, to discuss about this. He hasn't really covered a lot in this first one. He's definitely uh, uh, drawing it out, which, hey, fair enough. Um, there's a lot to say. But uh, one quote that I thought was a pr- uh, of interest here. Uh, well, actually, before I jump into that, crawl budget. Uh, okay, so crawl budget is, and I always screw up how I explain this, but because uh, there's different ways of saying it and make, making it sound correct, but there's a certain amount, depending upon the popularity of your site and a number of other factors, which I'll actually mention in this quote, um, crawl budget is how much Google's willing to spend, how much time Google's willing to spend to index your site on a, on a regular basis. So how many pages, how, um, to what depth, all that. Um, so in this case, it says, quote, your crawl budget will be affected by a number of factors, including how much traffic you get, the ease with which a search engine can crawl your site, your page speed, page size, or otherwise bandwidth use, how often you update your site, the ratio, ratio of meaningful to meaningless URLs, and so on, unquote. Ooh, um, that's an interesting one. yeah. That I hope he expands on that because that'd be pretty. I'm, I'm sure he will. He he's, sounds like he's going to be jumping into some really interesting stuff in the next two. He sort of had to establish the baseline at this point. Um, one thing he mentions here is that, and it's a very good point. And I kind of miss log um, log file uh, analytics for this reason. Is that's the only way you see bot in information. Now, bots, when they come to your website, are essentially the spiders or bots. These are um, kind of stupid <laughs> information gatherers. They come to your page. They just do what they're told. They give that information to Google where all the smart stuff's done. Um, and when they come to your site, there is no notes. There's no notation within Google Analytics of where they've gone, how, long, how often they've gone, um, what pages they don't go to, all that stuff. What you need to be able to look at that is a log analysis program like OnCrawl or Screaming Frog Log Analyzer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's you know pretty in-depth stuff. I mean, the average person is not going to do that. Yeah, and you, you can find some information about the, 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 bot, the bot activity inside Search Console, but not nearly as what you can get from log files. No. I, I kind of miss the days of, of web trends for that regard, you know? Yeah. <laughs> You'd be able to look you, at everything. 
What was the one that they turned into Google Analytics? Was that Web Trends that Google bought and turned into Analytics? No, Urchin. Well, Urchin, that's right. Yeah, Urchin was the big one. I used to use Urchin all the time. You know, I never did. I never did. I heard about it when it happened, but I, I was always uh, kind of stuck with whatever my clients had as their their analysis program um, mm. on their hosting. And most of the time, that was Web Trends, um, if they were lucky. Yeah, because uh, that or was they, one of the better or, ones. But. Or they had that little site counter graphic at the bottom of their page that tried <laughs> to <laughs> it counted yes. it counted views. Yep, I remember those. Yeah, you just refresh the page and it would change. Woohoo! Yeah, again, exactly. lots of visitors. Um, <laughs> the one that I actually bought and I actually got trained in was ClickTracks. Remember that? Oh yeah, I remember ClickTracks. Yeah, and that was pretty cool. I became a professional in that and and and. Uh, resold that to my clients. I had our own server and everything. That was a lot of fun, and you could do a lot of really interesting things with it. But that a so, lot of that's built into analytics now. Yeah. So why is so Stefan's going to a lot of trouble to write a you know a multi-part you know article on this topic? Why is this important? Well, if you want to, <laughs> so he he's probably getting into, and I bet she's going to mention it next time. I try to. Think he did here is uh, page rank sculpting. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, I know. But the idea was to, um, which he talked about a lot in his conference speaking. I noticed it was a big thing for him. I mean, he he got away from that phraseology, you know, because it kind of mm -hmm. got stigmatized. But the concept's still strong. Where do you want Google to believe your best content is? Um, and site structure is important. Uh, you want to make sure that, and he's going to be getting to these in the next two articles for sure, that your site is structured so that your best content is facing forward and is interlinked in that regard throughout your site. That's, I mean, we're scratching, scratching the surface here. <laughs> but, but, okay, but crawl budget specifically, right? Why would you want more or less of it? Well, if you have uh, good content. If your site is more popular, it's something that people are going to on a regular basis. Google's going to see a reason to come to your site more often, and they're going to attribute more crawl budget to it. So, so basically, what you're saying, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to break this down for our, our newer newer SEOs in the audience. The the more crawl budget Google gives you, the more often they're going to come to your site. They're going to look for new content. They're going to look for changes to content. They're going to index your 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 site more frequently and and probably potentially even deeper so mm -hmm. you can get you know more of your deep pages indexed if you have more crawl budget than you could potentially if you don't yeah it's an authority indicator in many ways mm -hmm. yeah okay so the better the more crawl budget you have the, uh, the better off your site has a potential of being in in, in terms of visibility um, unless you totally totally just luck out and happen to have an article that does well and the rest of your site's crap <laughs> and then, well, crawl budget is is going to go wasted pretty quickly. Yeah, it's not a static thing. I mean, it's not something you all you, once you get assigned a crawl budget, that's it forever. I think it's going to be pretty fluid based on the activity on your site. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. When we come back. Uh, we're going to jump into some. Uh, well, Google's not perfect. How's that for a leader? Yeah. We'll be right back. SEO one hundred and one will be back right after recess. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, 
WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Webmasterradio.m Hear that? That's the sound of someone trying to steal your crypto. Every day, thousands of hackers online are doing the same. That's why Arculus uses air-gapped cold storage technology to protect your assets. Using our keycard and wallet app to form a protective barrier, Arculus insulates you from hackers and puts control of your digital assets back in your hands. Order the first truly air-gapped crypto wallet at GetArculus.com. Keep your headphones handy and the feed loaded. We never stop. Do you? Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm, hosted by John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Step Forth Web Marketing Inc. All right, what's up? Oh, Google's not perfect. What the hell, man? <laughs> I know you Sacrilege. think they're. I know you <laughs> think they're perfect. You've never had a bad word ever to say about Google. Never. never well, never. I just wanted to make sure people know that 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 they they're. They're human, right? There was an instance um, last week where if you typed in the zip code for Bend, Oregon, I think it's 97702, Google returned a server error. They couldn't find Bend, Oregon. They couldn't find any results tied to Bend, Oregon or that particular zip code and actually returned a server error. Somebody pointed out to Danny Sullivan and Danny sent it out to whoever he needed to over at Google. It's a fix now. It, it knows where Bend is now. But this is... the you got to remember when you're dealing with this huge, giant, massive, mega corporation that everything they do isn't always right. Not necessarily from the perspective of we're talking about when they make decisions and mess up, but they have just bugs sometimes. And just because you're not showing up where you think you should be or your page is not indexed the way you think it should be, sometimes Google just screws up. And you, Or the you guy gotta, that's rapidly typing your answers from Ben Oregon and was just sick that day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's the node. <laughs> he's the node. So just 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 remember that you know it's always good to dig into when you have any issues, you're having problems, to try to understand what they are and what's causing them. Sometimes it's Google causing them. 
Not as often as it is webmasters causing them. I'll give them that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But it does User, happen. Human error is slightly higher. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I bet that's just a, a small, tiny fraction of all the things that go wrong. We just can't see. It's rather large. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it is. <laughs> it's pretty much the internet <laughs> in terms of large. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff there. And frankly, uh, you know, to look at examples of Google doing the wrong thing, I mean, you can just pretty much just check the news. They're being sued right, left, and center all the time. Some of oh, them yeah. are not because they didn't necessarily a wrong thing. It becomes down to opinion. But uh, they do lose, and not an insignificant amount. So yep. it's good. They've, they got to keep someone. Got to keep them down. I mean, Google's had some pretty interesting philosophical questions they had to answer over over the years about what they index, what they don't index, how they do things, how they don't do things. And I would ha I'd hate to be in their position. I was. I remember one time uh, you Google would. was. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. <laughs> from from answering those questions, I, I take the money. <laughs> the money and the power, I take that. <laughs> no, I would I wouldn't want the power. I take the money and retire. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you'd be very corporate, would you? <laughs> no. But the, 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 I remember a presenter from Google one time was giving this philosophical question to the audience, basically. And I wish I remember. I wish I could write down and remember exactly what it was. It was basically about when to index whether or not somebody was um, dead or not, right? Mm -hmm. So they, they they found this stuff through obituaries. They published the obituaries. They got a request from somebody that said, please remove this from your index. This, is, this was our family member, and we don't want this in Google. Well, they had to decide, you know, do we honor this request from a family member to de-index this person's obituary, or since it's public news and information, do we publish it? And that's the kind of stuff that I wouldn't want to have to answer. Yeah, it's true. I mean, they went through a, quite a rigmarole where they ended up losing, but um, the right to be forgotten um, issue in Europe. Um, yeah. They, they've lost that, and then they have to. People request something to be forgotten from within their system. I, I, I don't remember all the rules around it, but they have to, Google has to go ahead and do it. Well, I, I just saw an article today um, where apparently that is coming to Canada. So it's... Wow, I had no idea. So, so we can forget you? I, if I want to, I can disappear. You can just no, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I wouldn't want to. It's not like I could, but no, I. <laughs> I've got a small fingerprint uh, footprint online. Really can't so, be so, how much would you actually have to go in and get removed about yourself if you wanted to disappear from Google? There's. You know, for you, people like you and I have been, been out speaking in the public eye in, in this industry for such a long time. There's so much out there that I'd have to find and you'd have to find to get rid of. It's ridiculous. It's frightening. Yeah. Yeah. And never mind all the, uh, the offshore sites that have gotten out there just to copy us. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. What can you do about those? Nothing. Jeez. Nothing. Anyway. Um, what's next here? Uh, um, so it's, it was interesting. This is an article from February, but I just I just found it, and I thought it was an interesting thing to know because we talked a lot about AMP, and it, it's actually sparked because it was in a Facebook group, and somebody asked about AMP, and a number of the answers were, oh, you only have to worry about AMP if you're a news site, and, and if you're publishing editorial content like a news site. And this article from uh, Jennifer over at SEM Post, basically, Google is now saying that over 60% of AMP search clicks go to non-news sites. So 
sites that do recipes and travel and, and retail and dictionaries are ones they give examples of as far as AMP clicks, which I thought was really interesting because I was kind of under the impression as well that, you know, most of the AMP stuff is going to the news sites. But apparently news is a, a minority of the, of the clicks for AMP, which was kind of interesting to think of. So if, if you're thinking about AMP, you know, in your news site, you definitely need to do it. But even if you're not a news site, if you're in one of these categories like recipes or travel, um, retail was I found interesting as well. Um, I'd, I'd still consider doing it. I'm, I'm thinking just, about it. Uh, for those who don't know, what is AMP? Um, accelerated Mobile Pages. Uh, this is Google's. Um, they, they, they've, they came up with this to basically help speed up the internet. And what it is, it's a very for light. Yeah. For mobile, for mobile. It's a very lightweight version of a web page that you already have made that Google will preload in a mobile device. So when um, someone does a search on mobile and the AMP results, they click it, that page has already been loaded into that phone. So it just pops up instantly. So it's a very quick, fast experience for a mobile user. And there, and it's it's taken off. It's it's had some competition. It's beat out its competition, and a lot of people are doing it. Um, and it's moving into other realms rather quickly outside of news. It was originally for news publishers more than anything, but it's moved past that rather rather quickly. I think it's been out what like two years now. AMP has. Yeah, it has been a while. I mean, it's yeah. it's still under adoption. I mean, there's mm-hmm. lots of work to do. I'm sure for many, but actually, as you mentioned, AMP, I was. Happened to be on search engine land and saw one of their articles, and this, this is interesting. Um, not that they a uh, shock or anything, but Google, of course, always watching out for their ad revenue, has launched a new feature called Render on Idle that's designed to increase ad impressions per page by speeding up ad load when a user isn't taking any action in a browser. So if you're not using your your mobile browser, let's say you've gone and you know, answered the phone, whatever, that browser may preload the ads for the next. I think it was 12 viewports on the page. So that's a few scrolls down the page. Uh, sneaky buggers. Wow. <laughs> uh, apparently that only works on networks like DoubleClick AMP or any ad network that implements fast fetch, an AMP-specific mechanism that lowers the likelihood users will see empty ad slots. Huh. Well, that's what runs everything, right? we got to keep them happy. Otherwise, exactly. they will stop giving us all those freebies. <laughs> it's all about the it's all about the money, even the internet. Yep, yep. And hey, we may have just our, ourselves used those ads before. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Maybe. It's yeah. possible. <laughs> and next, the Mueller files. We've, met, <laughs> we've noted. <laughs> we've noted John Mueller already once, but uh, in this case, he wrote a really clever post. Uh, well, it's nothing advanced here, but it's very useful. Um, the, about the differences in URLs with trailing slashes. <laughs> now, this is the difference between, okay, uh, google.com versus google.com forward slash. Is there a difference? And it, th- basically, no, in that situation. But he gets into other ones where there are differences. And uh, and it's very simple the way it's laid out. Really, really appreciated it. I think it's the kind of thing that um, I'll be happy to send clients to. Um, that have that question. I love doing that. <laughs> it's like, here, go read it. His. It's Google. None ever get any concerns. It's like, oh, okay, well, that's gospel. Have you seen this? It's pretty well done. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is pretty interesting. I'm looking at it. I mean, I'll have to... Did, did you link it in our Google uh, community? Because that'd definitely be a... 
something they should read. Actually, um, I got it thanks to Mark Taylor. He posted oh. it in our Google Class community already. So way to go, Mark. Yeah, yeah, it was really well done, and and he gave kudos to John, and so did I. Uh, exactly the kind of stuff that SEO 101 needs. So, yep. Here's another here's another kind of thing that SEO 101, and we've talked about this a number of times, but um, John also mentioned in one of his um, hangouts. I believe it was a hangout um, that there is always a risk of losing rankings when you move a site. Yes. And we've talked about this before. And, and I think it also applies to when you redesign a site. In most cases, if you've changed any of the URL structure, you're going to, you know, you risk losing rankings. The, 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 to me, there's a, there's a definite separation between the two. So moving a site means you're going from one domain to another or um, because you have to rebrand or because something happened. It happens. It's not frequent, but it does happen when you have to move a site from one domain to another. And, you know, there's a, definitely a chance you're going to lose rankings even with a good transition strategy. Um, the other side, when you're redesigning a site, I think that's an opportunity. You have the same kind of issues where you're you potentially could lose rankings if you're changing a platform. Say you move from from um, WordPress to Drupal or vice versa, and the URL structure changes because of a platform change, or you're just reorganizing your site and you change URLs. That kind of stuff can really um, impact your rankings if you don't do a good transition strategy. However, I think when you're redesigning, you actually have a much better chance of, once you recover from those lost rankings, improving from where you were. When it comes to a read, just moving a site unless you do other stuff, um, those rankings I think are a little, a little bit harder to recover. Agreed. And and please, anyone out there who has an SEO, oh, this happens to me too often. Do not, please, no, I, no, no, there's no please. Just do do not <laughs> <laughs> redo your website without telling them and just launch it. Oh, mg, I'll get that occasionally. We'll just get a client saying, "Hey, check out our new site. We need you to optimize it." It's already live. It's brand new. It's it's like completely changed URLs. Oh, nightmare. I don't think I don't think I know a, a working SEO that's been in the business more than two or three years that hasn't dealt with that at least once. Oh, it's just dumb. Like you know, dumbfounding. It's so hard for us because we are freaking out. We do not want to lose all the work we've done for them. And of course, they don't. But they don't realize by launching a new website without working with their SEO, they could doom themselves. If they don't yeah. get things fixed quickly. But but their web designer told them the new site was SEO optimized. Oh. <laughs> Shudder. <laughs> okay. Well, for that note, I'll need a break here. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with a couple questions. Or actually, we can only fit one more. But we'll, we'll get one in here and we'll be right back. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. Through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, we can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Email sales at webmasterradio.fm today and get your message delivered now. Hello, I'm Hector Elizondo, and I want to talk to you about getting older. My body hurts, my joints ache, and sometimes I forget. 
I forget that doing all your own scenes for a movie isn't always the best decision, especially when you're galloping high speed on a horse named Archibello. So yes, my body hurts, but it's not because of my age. It's because I'm living my life. Don't let life pass you by. Take care of your brain health. It may just help you stay on top of your game. Oh, Archibello! Learn more at brainhealth.gov. Webmasterradio.fm, the addiction that's good for you. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, hosted by John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So we got a really nice post here uh, uh, from Chris Woodruff. He says, when I started my business, I had someone build up my website. Not having a clue, I thought that was all we needed. Once it was handed over, it was mentioned, I'd now need to hire an SEO. Again, having no clue, I was really surprised. Luckily, I'd found SEO 101 podcast and now rank very well for all keywords or phrases I operate under. Thank you so much. Woo-hoo. Congratulations. Yes, very, very cool. It's always nice to hear that. And please post it everywhere. Um, <laughs> um, now, on to the question here. It says, my site builder has since disappeared. With them went my ability to update my theme. I plan on, uh, I'm just trying to skip through some stuff here. I plan on building it out in a staging environment and moving all my content to the new theme before switching. Is there any best practices for making the switch? Assuming it will take a hit in ranking, but I'd like to minimize it if possible. Dovetails nicely into the last thing we just talked about. Well, it's, it's it's interesting. You, you kind of skipped over. He did mention that he is on WordPress, so that's kind of critical yes. to this conversation. True, true. So, where would you start? I would start by if you're wondering why a he's building his own theme, um, b why he. I understand the development environment piece of it, but really, once you've done the development, then you just upload the the new theme that you developed in the development environment into your live environment and activate it. It does depend. If you're using something yeah. like WP Engine, you can have a staging environment, which and then you just right. switch, switch it to on, and it's it's kind of handy. But if, he, but if he's just changing themes and not the structure of his site, I don't think he's going to have much problem. He talks about moving his content, which again, I'm not sure is is something he might be he might replicate his content in the sta- staging environment, but I'm not sure why he would move it. Yeah, I'm going to just jump into how I would like some of the basics here. Um, uh, there are questions we could ask, but then again, you know, that's sort of the thing you do for a consult, right? There's a lot we could ask. Right. However, um, what I would say is that when I've done this for the, in the past for other clients, it's it, simple as best, really. I, I try to ensure that if there are critical rankings, that the structure doesn't change very much. Um, I'm paranoid. I will be extremely careful and ensure that the URLs is the same, the same if possible. Um, if they can't, um, then I just ensure that the content on page is very similar, um, if not identical. Um, and it's mm-hmm. just a different look. I mean, that's the simplest way I know how to do it. Yeah. Obviously, you're doing a 301 redirect. You're going to upload your old sitemap. So make sure you keep a copy of that to Google Search Console when you do the switch. That way, Google sees what's, all the old it? URLs. Yeah. And again, it just depends on if your theme is touching your structure. If you're just updating the theme and it's just just a mm-hmm. visual layer change and you're not changing navigation, you're not changing URLs, it's not as nearly as big an issue at all. There you go. 
But I, I hope that helps. Please feel free to ask more questions, Chris. I know, like we said, there's a lot that could be asked and discussed here. Um, just, uh, yeah, be careful. And uh, I know Mark Taylor will be there to answer any questions. He's always great about that. So yeah. if we did can you, get to it. Did you hear uh, Ghost SEO updated to version 7 this week? I haven't had a chance to dig into it, but it might be something to talk about on the next show. Because <laughs> he's added some more stuff tied to actually optimizing your site as opposed to just... It, it, the, 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 the press release I saw says he's added a bunch of stuff to help people optimize instead of just giving them the tools to. So it'll be interesting to see what they've added. Hmm. That will be interesting. Okay, we had another question. Unfortunately, we run out of time, but we're going to leave it for the next show. So... Uh, uh, it's for from Fred Sachs. So, Fred, don't worry. We're going to get you in the next show. We will resolve your pain. <laughs> we'll do our best. Yes. Well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media, thank you for joining us today. Have a great week, and remember to tune into future episodes, which air at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, every Monday on webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening, everybody. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. You should be saving for the future, but savings accounts suck and investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it Save Vesting, and it's only available in our new app, Stairs. Stairs offers 4 to 6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit stairsapp.com today.